0: This is Dan Fagella and you're listening to AI in Industry. And if you're tuned in today, you're lucky because this is a particularly important episode. This is a pivotal moment in the history of AI in Industry here. We've been running the show for years, interviewing AI experts at Facebook, at Google DeepMind, at Airbnb, Fortune 500 companies, a lot of B2B AI vendors, cutting edge companies across various and sundry sectors. And we've taken in a lot of feedback. This is the B2B AI podcast, and we want to stay ahead of the curve. We've been running this for over five years now, believe it or not. And we've interviewed a tremendous number of folks across sectors and collected a lot of ideas from listeners. And here's a pattern we picked up on. And what you're listening to today is the beginning of a new pattern for this podcast uh, that's intended to really drive a tremendous amount of value for our listeners. We noticed that the episodes that tended to get the most downloads were about very actionable themes that could be applied to any sector. So we've covered life sciences, we've covered mining, we've covered oil and gas, we've covered banking, uh, many of these these sectors where we've we've got a good amount of coverage uh, over the years here, but it was really general themes around getting value out of AI within the enterprise that tended to get the most downloads. And people would go to the actual site. They would go to Emerge, as many of you know, our website is emerj.com, that's Emerge with a J.com. they go to Emerge to sort and sift through all the use cases. We have thousands of articles. I mean, you can find NLP and insurance, uh, computer vision and banking, recommendation systems for e-commerce in India, in the United States. I mean, you can find any way to slice and dice really detailed AI use cases with demo videos, with company breakdowns on Emerge.com. I mean, that's what we do. We map the capability space of AI. That is our core capability here at Emerge. So people would go to the site to do that exploring, but the episodes they would download the most would be broad episodes about actionable insights for kind of taking action on AI, picking projects, getting ROI, adopting artificial intelligence, automating processes, sort of broad themes. And so here's what we've decided to do with the future of the podcast. Moving forward, every month on AI and industry, we're going to pick an individual theme. And this month in the month of August 2019, for the first time ever, for the entire month, all of our episodes every week, and we're publishing every Tuesday now, we've we've decided to move our publish date to Tuesday, all of our episodes every week are going to focus on the theme of artificial intelligence adoption throughout the entire month of August. And when we move into September, we'll be shifting over the theme to the return on investment of AI, how to ensure The return on investment. So, AI adoption is going to be entirely about getting started. Um, And in this sort of series, we've decided to kind of build up based on some of our own research insights. So, we have four expert interviews with you, with uh, great experts from big companies like Comcast, uh, like Nvidia, uh, who are going to be sharing their insights on getting started with artificial intelligence. In the fifth episode, we're going to be deep diving into some of our research here at Emerge. We recently finished. Uh, a report on sort of getting started with AI, pooling the insights from over 50 of our top interviews here on the AI and Industry Podcast, big project. Um, And our fifth episode is going to be about some of our best practices uh, from working with clients and from distilling insights across sectors, from high-tech, big-tech, fast-moving AI-based companies, your Airbnbs and your Facebooks, and from the enterprise stodgier older firms that are now upgrading their systems with artificial intelligence where's the middle ground there for ai adoption we're going to be grounding this series in our own research and we'll be doing the same thing uh, for the ROI series, which is coming up next month. So this is a longer intro than you're usually going to hear. I'm saying this because many of you have been tuned in for 18 months, 24 months. We have people that have been listening to the show for four years. And I want you to know this is a shift. We are changing things because we want an entire month to be focused on a particular actionable topic. So when you show up to the table and we're talking about picking an AI project, we're talking about moving into an AI initiative and actually adopting AI... You'll be the smartest one in the room. That's the goal with this series and we've interviewed folks that can bring that heat to the table. Our first interview in this series in August here in 2019 is with Vlad Sejnoa. Vlad is a partner at Glasswing Ventures. Glasswing Ventures is an AI focused VC firm here in the Boston area. Vlad spent many years as the chief technology officer at Nuance Communications, a multi-billion dollar firm and arguably one of the best known natural language processing companies on the planet. Vlad knows a lot about AI adoption in the major sectors where Nuance was based and now is focused on a tremendous number of sectors and is advising a number of companies, AI-based firms with Glasswing. Um, And Vlad brings to the table some of his thoughts on AI adoption, best practices. The way that these episodes are going to break down is as follows. For each episode, I'm going to sort of tee up the three big insights that you'll learn in this episode. And then we'll kind of roll into the episode itself and we'll end with an additional resource on emerge.com, an article that you could kind of spin off into. Again, many of our podcast listeners use the show as a jump off point. When they're done with their commute, or on lunch break, or over the weekend, they'll kind of pop into the Emerge.com and dig into the individual case studies and use cases that they want to explore after they've heard some great ideas. I'm going to sort of help out by uh, sharing one of those that I think is particularly useful per episode. So sharing an individual article there, um, and then I'll be able to kind of tee up what's coming up in our next episode, and I'll be doing that in the outro here with Vlad. So, teeing up the big three points with Vlad and what I consider to be the big takeaways for this particular interview, first and foremost, Vlad introduces us to what he considers to be sort of the prerequisites for making smart decisions around AI in the enterprise. Basically, what are the table stakes insights that the C-suite has to come to the table with? Um, He talks about the dangers of relying entirely on consultants or vendor companies for insights and really being able to gain some of those ideas in the C-suite itself. Second, Vlad talks about being able to develop a BS-o-meter. In other words, being able to determine when a vendor is saying something, a consultant is saying something, someone's making a claim about AI, is this real or is this not? And how critical that is for business leadership. And lastly, he talks about the importance of starting small, why sometimes in an existing organization, it makes sense. To cherry-pick the right AI project and Vlad shares some of his ideas about how he would go about choosing a first AI project within a business as well so you will not want to miss that that is our last question together in this episode so without further ado this is the first episode in our new format of AI in industry Uh, we're gonna roll in with Vlad here let's dive right in So, Vlad, second time sitting down together, and this time the whole focus is going to be on AI adoption. 17 years sort of selling this stuff into the enterprise, and when it comes to misconceptions that business people have about AI that might be barriers to fruitfully adopting AI, what are those big ones for you? Well, first of all, it's a pleasure to be here again,
1: Dan, and uh, it's as usual, you bring along a big subject, a lot to say here. Maybe uh, one place to start is that there are some misconceptions that relate to What AI actually is and at the highest level it's usually defined as building systems which in some way emulate human intelligence and that obviously takes many forms yet I think if you ask a lot of people will assume that AI means machine learning and extracting patterns from data but there's much more to it than that you could be automating processes building intelligent schedulers AI and robotics But in the average enterprise, I think AI means probably some sort of analytics on data. And um, I think as enterprises contemplate how to adopt and take advantage of the developments in AI, they really have to start by answering this basic question, what kind of outcomes are we looking for and what would be most helpful or useful in our business and our product?
0: Yeah, so kind of using the misconception-wise, maybe it's grasping even how to frame how to bounding box what ai is is one thing and then you're also talking about making sure that it aligns with priorities is it a misconception that maybe you don't need to align with priorities and you just gotta plug it in somewhere or what's the, the misconception to address there yeah i think if you start out with that you, this ai is something you just plug in there's a high likelihood
1: that the project will be a failure and the enterprise will conclude that uh well we tried ai it didn't work out for okay. us and I think that's a mistake and that would be a tragedy because AI is something that in some form is going to be permeating what most companies, what most enterprises do, whether internally or in products. And so it's not a case. Is AI right for us or not? Is What's the best way for us to actually start utilizing it in a economical, productive, constructive, affordable, meaningful way?
0: and that can be tricky. Yeah. In terms of getting to a place where they can do that, I mean, the way that I've framed this frequently in boardrooms is there's this kind of two categories of knowledge that I think an executive team needs before they get there. You may have a completely different set of ideas that are richer than mine. One is a conceptual grasp of what AI can do broadly. So like you said, what is it? But also just basic capabilities, you know, basic BS test of our AI can do this, like just just kind of being able to know, well, that that sounds like it's within the bounding box or outside. So there's that. And then there's also being able to have some grasp of the capability space as it pertains to our sector, just maybe knowing what the competitors are doing, maybe knowing realistically what the vendors are up to. If we have some grasp of both of those things, it seems like we could do what you were talking about. Mm -hmm. I think about it in those two ways. How do you think about it? What are those prereqs to being able to make a smart decision?
1: You're exactly right. I think the starting point has to be a fairly high level understanding of the type of things one might apply AI to. And that ranges from extracting value from a variety of data, uh, whether it's uh, process data related to what happens within a company or the way uh, customers are using a particular service or offering or product. So what might we want to extract from those data? Maybe our goal is to look for inefficiencies so as to improve productivity or find waste so as to lower costs or find new types of behavior, which might lead to new features, new functionality. So I think kind of compartmentalizing things at that level uh, is very important. Obviously, understanding what others are doing, those are great sort of existence proofs. Hey, it's possible to do this. Uh, So work by analogy is what so-and-so doing applicable to me in some way. Uh, At the next level, you can then, and maybe that's when you involve your technical people, try to map the problem. If we're still talking about analytics here, um, what are we doing? Are we trying to discover new patterns in data, sort of bottom-up clustering, find what's there? I don't know. Or is it detection? I know exactly what I want to look for. Now I have to find a way of discovering it when it happens. Uh, Do I need prediction? Do I need to build models that say, hey, if this is happening, there's a high likelihood some other event will happen. Maybe it'll be a part failure. Maybe it'll be price of a stock goes up. Possibilities are infinite. Another area entirely is automating processes. And that's when we, for example, get into conversational A.I., companies build a virtual assistants or chatbots or ways to help uh, agents who are dealing with uh, customers and callers. That's a completely different set of technology and different technology stack. So starting by really kind of understanding your world and mapping it into these known quantities, I think is a good step.
0: Yeah. So in order to, I guess, not surprising here for the folks tuned in, overcoming misconceptions involves maybe drinking in the right conceptions to start with you know what, what what is the ground kind of reality of what AI is up to you know what are we we able to do what are our core problems and I, I guess that pivots us into expectations you know I think that when we talk to vendors that have real traction and sell a bunch into the enterprise or even consultants who have phds that are hired in to try to apply this stuff in the enterprise we often hear that they're really disappointed in the kind of expectations that folks have going in with AI maybe it's It's going to be too easy or maybe that it can do things it can't do. When you think about what a business team, business leadership, non-technical folks should kind of go in with in terms of critical expectations about an AI project, a new AI project, what what should they walk in with that you think maybe they don't today?
1: Well, um, I find a nice way of putting this. I think a a minimum level of education. Um, I think hiring usually expensive consultant to do this for you while knowing very little about the field probably leads to disappointing outcomes, I think the buyer here has to take on the responsibility of becoming familiar, even in a superficial level, of what's out there. So as to be an intelligent buyer. And then the help of an expert, the next level becomes much more meaningful and purposeful. And this is a new frontier, and I understand that a lot of it seems uh, overwhelming and scary, but there is an increasing amount of good information about AI. And I think what you at Emerge are doing is, is very helpful
0: in this regard. Bars need to show that initiative and tune in. Yeah, that, that's, that's, a, I think what we're trying to solve that. So high, high praise from Vlad. But the idea I think is that there are ways to get conceptual grasps and to also understand the landscape in a way where you never write a lick of code, but you can still have a better BS meter than anybody else in the room. Um, and like you said, there's, there's resources for that. Hopefully those of you tuned in becoming familiar process. with just some of these basic
1: concepts we, uh, we talked about earlier, RP, what is classification, automation. what is prediction, yeah.
0: what kind of applications lend themselves to current AI
1: techniques. Yep.
0: yeah. So being, being an educated buyer, I, I use the analogy. I don't know if you might have a better one of a uh, Machiavelli talks about relying on mercenaries, uh, in, in war and that at the end of the day, Yeah, win (laughs) or lose, they're still sort of going to kind of have you by the, you know, and there's something to be said of that with consultants as well. If the expertise that brought this vendor in or that made this decision is outside of your company, how are you going to keep running it? And how do you know it's the right choice? And I think you're bringing up an inevitable point for execs is know your stuff to a level where you can feel confident about the decision, not just that you like this expensive consultant. It sounds like you're not against using them, but you no, are—you're no, no. <clears throat> advocating an augmentation of an existing base knowledge as opposed to outsourcing the thinking. Using external resources is incredibly valuable,
1: and in fact, frequently a very economical way of accomplishing specific goals. But building an internal competency and a minimal level of expertise in this area, I think, is now kind of table stakes. Uh, More and more companies now have a chief data officer. More and more companies have a chief security officer. These are functions that you wouldn't want to rely on external resources for, right? This is something you have to do on a daily basis. And I think AI in the broadest sense, to the extent it starts permeating software, will be that function as well.
0: I like the phrasing table stakes. Uh, hopefully that lesson sinks into the folks tuned in. Again, I don't think everybody has to even go so far as taking Andrew Ng's Coursera course or anything, just getting the concepts, having a fundamental understanding, sort of like IT. You know, this was probably some point in the 50s where you, or 60s even, we didn't even have to know much about computers and, you know, because that was kind of wacky, wild. Future stuff, but at some point, if you're going to run a company, you know you can't have horrible assumptions. You got to know the basics, and I think we're we're kind of at that point uh, with AI. Before moving on to our final question about picking an AI project, which I'm, I'm sure you'll have some excellent insights on, on the topic of consultants here. You know, there's there's a right time, there's a wrong time, there's kind of a a right and wrong place. Any general advice around when it might be the right time to kind of augment? you know, our own internal knowledge to bring in a, a consultant as opposed to, to just a vendor, you know, when, when we might want to cross that chasm? Because it's probably people who jump the gun and maybe people who hold off for too long. Any rules of thumb at all?
1: Well, some caveat emptor, again, back to the idea of an intelligent buyer. So let's assume that an executive in a company has educated him or herself a lot of resources at the appropriate level. I mean, for example, you could read articles on Medium for a few months and understand what the landscape seems to be. Then bring in a consultant and not to actually implement a project, but help you look for opportunities. Break the problem down in the ways we discussed earlier. What sort of functionality are you looking to implement? Is it a productivity play? Is it value from data? Is it something else? And then get into the next level, which is: Well, what what will it take to actually do this in terms of maybe some new infrastructure? Maybe I don't have a good data backbone in my company, and the data are haphazard. Maybe we have to solve that first. Uh, what do we do about talent? What do we need in house to actually work with the consultants and uh,
0: absorb the learnings and make them a part of the company's knowledge base? Yes, yeah, so you're going kind to of talk about this almost. Physically, to some degree, we have that ground understanding that you sort of have to have the table stakes knowledge. Don't have to be a genius, but be able to talk shop at a business level. Then maybe the consultant value is in fleshing out the landscape, looking at the possibilities, checking your assumptions. And then, you know, from that, we can start to prioritize and say, OK, of these things that are priority, practical. What's this going to cost? What are the data requirements? What are the talent requirements? So it seems like maybe any executive team that's starting from scratch could sort of think about those three layers. Is that is that a safe... Synopsis, I guess, right? I think so. I think so. And then
1: uh, I would strongly advocate that any actual work not begin until you have a really crisp definition of what you're trying to accomplish, how you're going to go about accomplishing it, and optimize specific business metrics. You know, common fallacy is to say, well, we have some data and we'll hire a data scientist. The data scientist will swim in the data for a while. Build some models that achieve high accuracy by some measure. Then we'll see if we can plug that into something and derive business value. It rarely works. Yeah. This is exactly the sort of playbook we uh, try to enforce with our portfolio companies at Glasswing Ventures. Say, so start from the business problem, the pain point, quantify it the best you can, and then work your way backwards to what technology and data you need. Yuck it's not technology man. up, it's business problem down.
0: I'm not even a VC, but I sympathize so much with your set of issues because I can't tell you how many companies I see that have raised 20 million and the homepage is applied AI. That's the value prop. And it's like pharma, you know, transportation, such and such fraud, right? And it, it's like they're getting dollars, right? Because you get some guy that spins out of, you know, I don't know, Oracle somewhere, Google somewhere and has buddies who can raise money with them, but it, it just starts as, man, we got some neat algorithms and uh, right. where can we plug this stuff in? Look, there are
1: instances where the new algorithm is so new and so transformational yeah, yeah. that it might be a good bet to say, look, we are bound to find an application that can only be solved this way, yep. but by and large, that's not the case.
0: Yeah, for most of, of ye enterprise listeners, be careful with that approach unless AI is somehow your core competency and you have R&D budgets to by boot. By the way, this is this is one other fallacy that, that, that might be worth
1: noting. The tools that are available now, uh, the cloud stacks that support end-to-end machine learning using the very latest deep learning uh, implemented on cloud-based GPUs are so easy to use now that there's a temptation to assume that doing AI machine learning is just another form of software think, development. Yeah. And it's not. And it is an empirical science where you have to have the ability to set up experiments, be strict about sequestering representative test data that actually show how the end user or the process really works, that you don't work with, measure performance using some metric that directly maps onto your business problem. So that is something where people do need to pay money for the
0: right talent. Yeah. Um, so we're back to misconceptions here, listeners. We're going into our last question, but misconception AI is not IT. The, the plug-it-in analogy is not apt. The doing science from scratch, the iterating, the uncertainty, this is the reality to uh, to accept. And I guess you know, with that sort of understanding, hopefully taken to heart by listeners, I know a lot of folks are thinking about, where do we move first? I I certainly don't advocate people do AI for AI's own sake. I I imagine you don't either. But when it comes time to, this is a capability we have to build. This is something where we you know, could potentially see some areas where it could benefit us. Do we want to take a big bite out of a big business problem? Do we want to do small stuff that's in a sandbox that lets us build some confidence? How do you help a bigger organization find where to snipe kind of project number one?
1: Well, so I'm a believer that, as I said, AI will now be a part of parcel of the way companies do business. So I think people should view this as a long-term investment. This is what we're going to do going forward. And now let's decide how and how much and how quickly. I think uh, companies should start fairly modestly. Don't be over-ambitious. We're going to transform everything we do yeah. with AI within the next year. will probably not work out yeah. as, as you expect, as you hope. So pick a small problem. This will teach you what's easy, what's hard, what's missing, what's already there. I mentioned the data backbone. Are you capturing the right data in your enterprise and from your customers? Are you storing them properly? Spend a lot of time defining the problem, setting up the problem. What do we want to accomplish? How do we then build a model that actually optimizes that objective, that metric? The closer you are, the
0: more likely you will succeed. Yeah, crisply defining the problem, as you said a bunch of times here. To that point, you're mentioning, you know, do are we collecting the right data? Obviously, that's a great consideration for where to start because, you know, we, we can't start without it. I can imagine some folks thinking, okay, what I need to do is look at the landscape of opportunity for AI where the data sort of exists. I'm not sure I want my first project to involve overhauling data infrastructure, overhauling how data is harmonized. Overhauling what's collected and how, you know, I don't know if I want that nine months before project one Maybe I need to look at AI projects where the data is there and we believe it's viable to take that bite before we go off and start Transmuting the way we're storing and dealing with data. Is that a is that a generally more? Advocatable position in your opinion or I, I think so
1: I think this divide and conquer approach makes a lot of sense But it's important, of course, that there be some data available initially. You you, you really can't start without it. Correct. You don't have to transform the enterprise before you know where you want to head overall. (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So, okay. So it's, it's potentially on point to say of the data assets that we do have, which among those have crisp problems that we can succinctly define and that we think there's viability to be able to strike at and then maybe... That's where we set our sites first, like you yeah. said. And I think that truth might be somewhere in the middle and that if you're
1: lucky, you already have a rich data set and you're all set. Chances are it won't be complete or won't be as, as extensive as you really want. And so you might have to do a little bit of work. Yep. But yes, find some reasonable, tractable problem size
0: initially. Got it. Okay, excellent. I think we shook out what we needed to shake out. So I sincerely appreciate you sharing your insights here. My pleasure. Always. Thank you. So that's it for this episode on the AI and Industry Podcast. This is the first in our series of AI adoption that's going to be happening every single week throughout the entire month of August. The resource that I'm going to be referencing here, and from any of you who are tuned in right now, whether you download this on SoundCloud, whether you find us on Stitcher, many of you are accessing us through iTunes as well. If you check out The podcast itself, you can just Google AI and industry. There are sort of show notes for every episode. So you can go there and check it out and we'll make sure that we link these related resources in every show notes. So in the show notes for this episode is an article called How to Apply Machine Learning to Business Problems. Vlad uh, was kind enough to give us a little bit of a compliment in this episode, which I appreciate a lot coming from Vlad. And we work a lot on sort of building some of that core competency uh, with C-suite teams. How to Apply Machine Learning to Business Problems is a bit of a framework for thinking through what in front of me might machine learning be able to address. Uh, being able to start with that question as a business leader, not a technical person, as a business leader, um, is critical in the C-suite. And this article, I think, is a great jump-off point for anybody who is interested in being able to do that at a higher level. The report that we've just released is called Getting Started with AI, Proven Best Practices for AI Adoption. Uh, that new report is actually the distilled insights from, as I'd mentioned, over 50 episodes in the AI and Industry Podcast and our own work. Uh, working with the C-suite and boardrooms in terms of preparing for AI strategy and diving into initial AI projects. You can learn more about that report at emerj.com slash A. That's A as in adoption. Emerge with a J dot com slash A. So if you want to dig into the research that a lot of these interviews are sort of part of, uh, go to emerge.com slash A. Uh, In our next episode, next Tuesday here on this series on AI adoption here on AI and Industry Podcast, uh, we'll be diving in with David Carmona, who is a general manager of AI at Microsoft. And David's going to be speaking to us about critical questions to ask before adopting AI in the enterprise. So make sure to stay tuned for that next episode. Looking forward to seeing how this series shakes out and share your thoughts with me. Feel free to ping me on LinkedIn, Dan Fagella. Very easy to find on LinkedIn. Many of our longtime subscribers have pinged me on many an occasion about episodes that they like or they don't like or suggestions that they have. Uh, ping me there with what you think about this new format. Um, and keep me posted. I'm really excited to see what people think. We're really trying to drive a tremendous amount of value here in August and bring a lot to the table in terms of additional resources and the right kind of related episodes throughout the month. So bear in mind, the intros and outros will be vastly shorter for the rest of this series. I just wanted to kind of make a big noise about sort of the big change and make sure that everybody knows what the new format is rolling forward. Again, I know many of you have been with us for years, which I sincerely appreciate. And we hope that this is going to make AI and industry more valuable than ever. So tune in next week for David Carmona, General Manager of AI at Microsoft. uh, And I will catch you next time on AI and Industry.